At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air and at VSIN Live. Want to congratulate everyone once again for making it through the Major League Baseball All-Star break. This was the toughest day. Yes, not much to wager on here on Wednesday, but Major League Baseball returns to action here on Thursday. There is a double, two doubleheaders. Coming up on the schedule, Yankees and Astros will play two at Minute Maid Park. The Tigers and A's will play two in Oakland. And your standalone games, Rangers, Marlins, and the Giants and Dodgers. The Yankees have yet to set their pitching rotation, so we don't know. Uh, There's no lines on the games for Thursday just yet. We don't know who's going to pitch for the Yanks in both of these games of the doubleheader. We do know the Astros are going to go with Christian Javier and Luis Garcia. And what that means for the Astros is that in their next series against Seattle, they'll have Framber Valdez and very much likely Justin Verlander. Shows you what they think about, you know, matching up against Seattle rather than the New York Yankees. But Christian Javier... And Luis Garcia will get the start in both games of the doubleheader coming up here on Thursday. And once again, not sure who the Yankees are going to go with. Um, You got to imagine for the Yankees, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know who's going to start for them because Nestor Cortez threw an inning and in the All-Star game. So if that's a side day for him, okay. So Wednesday, let's see, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He could pitch. It's more likely he pitches on Friday if that was like a throw day for him. But I honestly don't know. The Yankees probably fade material, by the way, on Friday if we're, if we're looking at that schedule. Yankees go to Baltimore. So the Yankees play a doubleheader here in Houston on Thursday, then travel to Baltimore for a game on Friday night. I think I'm going to bet the Orioles on Friday night. And the Astros, meanwhile, play a doubleheader at home and then travel to Seattle for a game Friday night. I think I might have to play the Mariners. I love fading teams after the doubleheader, especially when there's travel involved. Now, if it's a day game, it's even better 
because then you fade the team on the day game after the doubleheader. But there are no, no day games uh, on Friday schedule, so uh, no opportunities there. Ooh, the other teams playing the doubleheaders, though, the Tigers and the A's. Um, the A's will stay home to welcome in the Rangers, and the Tigers are, is it possible they're off? I guess the Tigers don't play on Friday, which is very, very strange. But let's see what the Tigers' schedule looks like here. Um, they have these the doubleheader here against the A's, and then, yeah, and then they don't play on Friday. They have a two-game series against the Twins at home in Detroit on Saturday and Sunday. So a two-game series with Oakland, a two-game series with Minnesota. Very curious to see what the Yankees do. Um, let's see if I get any information here. Yankees pitching versus Astros, if I get it. Uh, all right, let's see what it looks like here. Hmm. All right, you're probably going to get Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyone. That's probably what you're going to get. All right, so let's see if it makes sense for Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyone. Uh, last time we saw Jamison Tyone was, yeah, probably makes sense. These guys are going to pitch. Yep. All right, last time we saw Montgomery was on the 15th, so he's had quite some time off. And the last time that we saw Jamison Tyone was on the 16th. So, yeah, it's now the 21st, 17, 18, 19, 20. It would make sense that that's who you're going to get, Tyone and Montgomery. All right, Jamison Tyone wasn't good in his last outing, right? Last, Well, he was all right, but before that, he was good in his last start against Boston. The two starts before that, though, against Boston and Pittsburgh and Oakland and Houston. I mean, he had four straight really bad starts, Jamison Tyone did. The last time he faced Houston on June 23rd, Tyone was tagged for six runs on 10 hits in five and two-thirds innings. The Yankees won that game 7-6. to six. That was when they scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning and uh, Aaron Judge with the uh, single after the Aaron Hicks three-run home run that tied the game. So that was the last time that we saw Jamison Tyone against the Astros, so not really that great. Jordan Montgomery, I don't believe, has faced the Astros this season, so nothing to go on there. As far as the Astros pitchers are concerned, now we've seen earlier this year, they had great success against the New York Yankees. Uh, Christian Javier faced the Yankees on... June 25th, seven no-hit innings, 13 strikeouts in a 3-0 game against the Yankees. And uh, for Luis Garcia, last time he faced the Yanks, also in that series, June 30th, five and a third innings of one-run ball on a solo home run. He struck out six. He allowed three hits. So both of these pitchers, have had great success in their only outings against the Yankees this season. Astros at home, coming out of the All-Star break, likely to get a boost by the return of Jordan Alvarez. That is the latest news that uh, Jordan Alvarez should be back for 
the Houston Astros in this series on Thursday. Latest report from uh, NBC Sports Edge. Astros general manager James Click said on Wednesday that Jordan Alvarez is expected to return from the IL for Tuesday for excuse me for Thursday's doubleheader against the Yankees uh, scheduled to take BP at Minute Maid Park here on Wednesday and is expected to return. So that's great news for the MVP candidate for the Houston Astros uh, to return. Now as far as Jose Altuve um probably you know, should be should be available, right? Didn't play in the All-Star game, but Altuve should be able to go here. Um as uh you know, he didn't play in the All-Star game, replaced by Andres Jimenez. Um and yeah, or yeah. So Altuve should be good. This probably gonna, I'm curious to see what the lines are going to be, but I might have to go with the Astros. You got to think the Yankees might be a little bit inflated people could be betting the Yankees just based on maybe some brand recognition or the fact that they're in first place but Astros have been great this season great this season they're at home they'll probably have the pitching advantage in both of these starts with Garcia and with uh, Javier and with Jordan Alvarez back in the lineup I think it gives them a tremendous boost speaking of Jordan Alvarez he returns to the lineup here on Thursday. You look at his odds to win the American League MVP award. He is 13 to 1. I just don't get it. To me, this guy is the best hitter in the American League. If you just look at all of the offensive categories, right? And you're trying to see, you know, who leads in each of the, the major categories. Aaron Judge has 33 home runs, leads the American League. Jordan Alvarez, who has played in 14 less games, okay? 14 less games than Aaron Judge has 26 home runs. Okay, so he's seven home runs shy. Then you look at RBIs. Aaron Judge has 70. He's second in the American League behind Jose Ramirez, who has 75. Jordan Alvarez has 60. Again, he's only played in 75 games. 14 less games than Aaron Judge. And he's got 10 less RBIs. Then you look at the OPS, which is on-base plus slugging. Jordan Alvarez, number one in all of the American League, 1.058. Slugging percentage. Jordan Alvarez, number one in the American League, 653. On base percentage, Jordan Alvarez, third in the American League, 405. Batting average, he's got a 306 batting average. That's good for eighth in the American League. And this is the thing that I love the most about this guy. Jordan Alvarez has only struck out 57 times this year. And yeah, I get it. He's played in, as I said, 14 less games than Aaron Judge. But Aaron Judge has struck out 100 times this season. 100 strikeouts. Jordan Alvarez has struck out 57 times. He is the best hitter in the American League. Otani struck out 91 times, by the way. Uh, He's the best hitter, Jordan Alvarez is. Now that he's returning, I think he'll put up the numbers that he did before he uh, left with the injury. 
And at 13 to 1, this is the best bet right now for the American League most valuable player. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our very own Wes Reynolds. We'll talk a little golf with Wes, some, some football as well, get his thoughts on a variety of topics, and have to congratulate him for another outstanding uh, golf bet with the Open Championship. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg. Don't forget, you can hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Sadenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's on Air. Joining me now, our very own, the host of Long Shots, he is Wes Reynolds, and the Long Shots crew, and Wes especially, just stay hot, nailing outright winners in every single golf tournament, nailing the outright winner of Cam Smith at the Open Championship. How do you guys keep doing it, Wes? We're getting very lucky, apparently, Scott. Uh, maybe sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But look, uh, the Open, I mean, the course over there, the old course at St. Andrews, it kind of fit a little bit in Cam Smith's wheelhouse. And if you really look at the different stats week to week and kind of watch these players, one of Cam Smith's weaknesses driving accuracy. But that didn't really matter necessarily last week because those fairways are so wide at the length course. No trees, obviously. And then you had those double greens, which are anywhere from like 13,000 square feet, so double the size of normal greens that you're going to get at a weekly PGA Tour or a DP World Tour event. And he took advantage of it. And it also helps when you gain 12 strokes putting on the field (laughs) over a four-day span. You know, it's crazy. I I bet the wrong Cameron uh, because going into the final round, I wanted to fade Rory and Hovland. And I wanted to take one of the next group of golfers that I thought had a chance that if those two maybe fell back, I think that, you know, a good round can kind of elevate some of the next golfers. And I chose Cam Young instead of Cam Smith. And when he made that birdie putt, uh, excuse me, the eagle putt on 18 West, 
I thought this was going to a playoff. Right, right. No, and, and, and look, he may have been wrong last Sunday, but he's not going to be wrong for very much longer. Cameron Young is going to win a big event. He's going to win one, I think, really soon. He was actually part of my uh, PGA Championship card where, you know, right in the mix there, and he was in the mix and yet another major. This guy is a rookie on the PGA Tour, by the way, only 25 years old. So this is a guy. It's something about these Wake Forest guys because Cameron Young's a Wake Forest guy. Will Zalatoris is a Wake Forest guy. They keep getting in the mix, just haven't gotten across the finish line. But, you know, we're going to get these FedEx Cup events here in August that are still big tournaments. I know major season is over, but these are going to be big-time tournaments with a lot of big players in the field. And this might be where Cameron Young's going to strike here in a few weeks. Uh, the big news of the week, though, Henrik Stenson going to the Live Tour. Uh, has there been a replacement announced as the uh, Euro captain for the Ryder Cup? There has not been, but it seems like there's a lot of powerful people, including Rory McIlroy, that are going to lobby for Thomas Bjorn from Denmark. And Bjorn, uh, you know, multiple-time winner on the DP World Tour, he's been an assistant captain. And that's what this whole list thing has done, is it's kind of taken away the captaincy pipeline for the uh, European side, especially when you've got guys like Poulter and guys like McDowell and Sergio Garcia and Westwood, these would be guys all in line to be Ryder Cup captains at some point down the line. And I'm not shocked that Stenson went to live. I don't think it makes that much of a difference or really strengthens that tour necessarily because he's past his prime like a lot of these other guys. But just to see somebody forego a Ryder Cup captaincy, and especially on the European side, I saw an interview with Colin Montgomery, a former captain uh, of several years back. He's over there playing the, uh, the Senior British Open this week. And he goes, that's the biggest honor for a European player. If you go back to Faldo and Seve and Bernard Longer and all these guys, all up Bobble, who have served at Ryder Cup captains, that's like the biggest honor that you can get for a European tour player and just to see Stenson just forego it, you know, like it, like it wasn't a big deal. It was something that maybe surprised me a little bit. Uh, there's an event coming up in Jersey at the Trump national with the live tour. You'll see Jason Cockrack and Charles Howell participate in that event as well. Uh, at, at, with major season being over Wes, do you expect more eyeballs to be on some of these live events throughout the rest of the calendar year? You know, you could get that, Scott, because uh, we, we do have like three events. We have the 3M this week, the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit the following week, and then the Wyndham. Then we get to the three-week FedEx Cup playoffs where you get all the big names, Thomas, McElroy, et cetera, et cetera. So you will see eyeballs, I think, particularly on this next event at Bedminster because of uh, – the obvious, uh, the, the owner is uh, not uh, one to uh, have shied away from controversy, uh, that course. And then, plus, you have a lot of the, the families of, of 9-11. I know that they are going to be doing a gathering or a protest or something around that event. So this is not just going to be in the sports news. It's going to be in the national news. Uh, you mentioned the 3M Open this weekend. Where is their money to be made, uh, taking a look at maybe some outrights here? Yeah, and I went a little bit down the board here because the, the three years that they've had the 3M Open up here in the Twin Cities, you've really seen a lot of long bombs win here, especially guys at triple digits. I think every single winner 
was either triple digits or above. So with a little bit of a downfield this week and only three of the top 25 in the world rankings in it, I went a little bit down the board. Uh, I always start kind of in the middle, and I went with uh, Brendan Steele, Adam Spenson, and Chris Goderup, who is still playing on sponsor exemption, just graduated from Oklahoma a couple months ago. And those guys are in like the 40-ish to one range. Uh, if you want to go a little bit longer, Troy Merritt at 80 to one actually is from the Twin Cities, grew up, went to high school there, so kind of a homecoming. And then a couple triple-digit guys I think are worth looking at. Jarek Higo, 125 to one. Callum Terran, 130 to one. Also, uh, Austin Smotherman and Tyler Duncan, and they're around 90 to 100 to one, depending on your shop. These are guys that are, uh, some of them are outside the FedEx Cup, and that's what you're really looking at the next three weeks. You got to get inside that 125 to be able to keep your PGA Tour card. So you've got a lot of jockeying for position, especially at the bottom of the standings for guys that got just three weeks left before they can make the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's an interesting way to handicap it, to take a look at the guys that are desperate to get into that top 125. Uh, how much um, football prep have you been doing lately? Any futures bets that you've locked in already? Well, I've been working on the college betting guide. A lot of us have been working on that. Uh, one of the conferences I actually was working on was the ACC and just kind of examining what is going to happen there. I know Clemson is the small odds-on favorite, but I still think the ACC is very wide open. I think it's really two teams in the Atlantic Division. It's Clemson or NC State. I think Wake Forest still has some death problems. I don't expect them to duplicate what they did last year. I still think they'll have a winning season. But the Coastal Division is the one that is absolutely wide open. Miami, I think, is up there. Pittsburgh is up there. And then, you, will, you, you know, you might want to look at Virginia Tech. Maybe they're going to exceed expectations with the first-year coach in Brent Pry. But I haven't made a lot of futures yet because I'm still working on that. But I don't think that Clemson is all of a sudden going to run away with this ACC title. I know people think water finds its level, but this NC State team is really loaded. Are you buying the hype of Tyler Van Dyke? Because it just seems like everybody is gushing over this kid. Well, no, I, I really like him, Scott. I don't know if I'm buying Miami to be a 10 or 11 win team, mm -hmm. but if Miami would have went with Van Dyke and look, hindsight being 2020, Derek King got hurt after three games, but they kind of put all the eggs in one basket. But Tyler Van Dyke is the real deal. I think he has a chance to be a first round pick next year, but he loses his top two receivers. The running back should be very good, but Obviously, a new system with Cristobal there. Josh Gaddis comes in to be the offensive coordinator from Michigan. So they're going to have some little nuances in that offense. And the defense for Miami, I think if they're really going to be a contender, they got to clean that up. They were a really poor tackling team last year. You know, I was so upset to see where uh, Boston College's left tackle um, out for the season because I'm such a big Phil Dracovic guy. And uh, mm -hmm. I love betting on Boston College, especially as a home underdog. But with Christian Mahogany going out for the entire season, I don't know what to make of this Boston College team. I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, they lost a lot of their offensive line. It's very similar to Virginia, who brings in Tony Elliott. He was the offensive coordinator, won two national titles with Dabo Swinney. Similar situation to Virginia. Virginia lost all of their offensive line to the portal, and they have their own pro prospect at quarterback in their own right with Brennan Armstrong. Absolutely. Wes, appreciate the time and the conversation as always, and we'll be looking forward to the release of the College Football Betting Guide so we can read your write-up on the ACC.
You bet, Scott. Thanks for having me. There he is, our very own Wes Reynolds. You follow him on Twitter, Twitter at Wes Reynolds one. And what a job he has done, just absolutely dominating the golf outrights. Long shots is a must listen to every single week if you want to make money betting on golf. It's Wes, it's Brady Cannon, Matt Humans. They just crush it when it comes to nailing these golf bets. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll continue to take a look at the Major League Baseball board for Thursday. We talked about the one doubleheader that we already have between the Yankees and the Astros. We'll get into the next doubleheader, the Tigers and the A's coming up. See if there's a bet that we can find on the board for Thursday. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Two things I love. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of soccer predictions, did anybody think that Charlotte FC was going to beat Chelsea as they did in uh, penalties here on uh, Wednesday? It was an international friendly as, you know, we had a bunch of these. I talked about them yesterday. It's like, I don't even know if you can bet on them. Um, But you had DC United take on Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich won 6-2. Uh, you had Minnesota United, a 4-0 victory over Everton. How about that? Arsenal defeated Orlando City 3-1. And then Chelsea and Charlotte FC. Christian Pulisic scored for Chelsea. So right away, the American fans were very delighted. It was a 1-0 game. Charlotte scores in extra time. And then Charlotte wins 5-3 on penalties. So Charlotte FC upsets Chelsea. Boy, what were the odds on that? If you could even bet it, because it was an international friendly. It wasn't even a real match, and I'm sure the Chelsea roster, I don't know much about them, but maybe they didn't have uh, you know, all of their players, I guess. I mean, let's see. Pulis- yeah, I mean, I don't recognize any of these names, really. I mean, I know Christian Pulisic. Oh, I guess... Tiago Silva played. Okay. Um, anybody? Yeah, I don't really. I don't think this is like the number one lineup for Chelsea. But then again, I wouldn't know. I'm not a big soccer guy. Uh, but let's see what we have coming up here in soccer on Thursday. Uh, the the women's uh, Euros continue. Germany against Austria. And then uh, MLS action doesn't get going until Saturday. Saturday is where we're going to have a full uh, MLS um uh, board here as we'll have plenty of games to bet on. If you're into betting on soccer, you got MLS action coming up here on Saturday. But the Major League Baseball second half of the season gets underway here on Thursday. Haven't seen odds on the Yankees-Astros doubleheader yet because 
We don't really know who's going to be the pitchers. Here's actually, there are some books that have posted lines on game number one. Uh, Christian Javier against to be determined. Probably going to be Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone. Astros minus 120 is an early line uh, if you you know can jump in on a legal a site like that. Anyway, here's what your matchups are going to look like for the games that we know about. There is a doubleheader between the Tigers and the A's. Uh, game one will feature Tariq Skubal for the Tigers against Zach Logue for the A's. The Tigers are minus 155 with a total of seven and a half. In both game one with the Yankees and game one with the Tigers and A's, I don't hate an under. Same thing with the Marlins Rangers, because that's a day game as well. It's a one o'clock Eastern time game. I don't hate unders for these early games. Uh, You got the players coming back from a couple of days off. All-star break, then first game back. I can see um I can see a little laziness from some of these players, right? It's only natural. Uh yes, you got the players that were in LA for the All-Star game. You have other players that were just in LA not playing in the All-Star game, but just went to maybe witness the facilities or, you know, schmooze with their agents or whatever. Um and then they're traveling to wherever, whether you're traveling to Houston or traveling cross country back to Miami, and then or, or just going, uh, you know, north to Oakland. I can see a little bit of laziness from some of these players. You know how it is. You go on vacation. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. My first day back, it's like eh, eh. you can say you're kind of refreshed and rejuvenated from your time off, but it's, it takes you like a day or two to get like reacclimated into your routine again, right? It's only natural. I mean, how many times do you come back from a vacation and feel like you need a vacation after your vacation, right? You need a couple of days off after you come back from wherever you're going, and then you get ready to get back into your normal grind. Right? For these baseball players who just went through this grind of a first half of the season. 70-somewhat games played. uh, Actually, more than that. I'm sorry. These teams have played, what, 80-somewhat games? Right? uh, How many games? What, Yankees have played, played, what, 90-something games? Astros? Yeah, so you just go 90-something games you've played already this season. And maybe you haven't had that many days off. You get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off if you're not participating in the All-Star break. You go wherever, back home, or, or maybe you just a little staycation, whatever. But it's three days where you are away from the ballpark. Three days where you are away from your routine of showing up every day, of going through your stretching, your throwing, your BP, your workouts, whatever, your rehab, all that stuff. And then you report back for Thursday morning to get ready for a game. I feel like all three of these morning, these uh, these daytime games are going to be low scoring. So I like the under eight Yankees and Astros, 
Seven is such a low number, but Pablo Lopez, John Gray, I like the under in the Marlins, Rangers, and the under in the Tigers, A's, seven and a half. I think we're just going to get low scoring, and I'll tell you what, maybe even play the under on the three game, on like, you know, take a look at the hits plus runs plus errors prop. And if you get a number that say, let's say, for example, I don't know, total of eight Yankee game, 24, 25, Hits plus runs plus errors. So you think you're going to get 18 hits in this game? You know, is that the, or 17, 16 hits? I don't know. I think we could be, I think this could be a game where it's like 3-1, you know, something like that. I think we're going to get low scoring, low hit totals. I think that's what we're going to see here from uh, these teams. Uh, Tigers are the favorite. I would back Tariq Skubal more so than Zach Logue. But again, I think the under is the way to go in these early games. As far as the late games, game twos of doubleheaders are always uh, interesting to see how the lineups play out. Who sits in game one versus game two? What's the lineup look like? Are you getting a backup catcher in game two? Are you getting a position player DHing? Like is Aaron Judge DH one of these games? So he's not playing center field in both games for the Yankees. Um, do you get, you know, some sort of a uh, couple of bench players playing because you do get to expand the roster by one for a double header. So who's that player that you bring in? Is it a relief pitcher that you're going to have throw? Curious to see how these teams play it out here on the second game of the double header. We don't know who's going to pitch for the Yankees, uh, or the Astros, Luis Garcia scheduled for the Astros, the Tigers A's game two is going to be Frankie Montas for the A's and Garrett Hill for the Tigers. Now, Oakland is a heavy favorite in this one, minus 160. And I actually like Oakland in the second game. And the reason I say that is because Frankie Montas, even though he's got a bad record this year, he's 3-9, and nine. people are going to look at that and be like, yeah, this guy stinks. He, he does not stink. He's just not a bad team. But Frankie Montas is a guy that a lot of teams are very, very interested in when it comes to acquiring at the trade deadline. There's only a couple of weeks left. The trade deadline is August 2nd. So it's coming up fast, right? It's less than two weeks, I think, whatever. So you have Montas pitching as an audition for one of these teams that's a contender that wants to acquire him at the trade deadline to bolster their rotation. So I think this guy goes out and pitches really strong in what could be his final start in an Oakland A's uniform, just considering how close the trade deadline is. And then the nightcap is the Giants and the Dodgers. Carlos Rodon against Mitch White. The Dodgers are minus 160 with a total of 8.5. We'll break down that game coming up next, plus... Just update you on any futures bets that I really like for the second half of the Major League Baseball season, which gets underway here on Thursday. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at BSIN Live. And uh, Giants-Dodgers, that incredible rivalry. We'll break that down coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on BSIN, the sports betting network.
on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge, presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Uh, Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know, I didn't even look at this. Uh, so I got my, I'm on vacation starting tomorrow. And I'm going to be down in Florida. And I'm like, you know, oh, you know what? I was going to say, I was like, let me see the Marlins home at all. But, uh, Nope, Marlins are on the road all when I'm there. So they're at Pittsburgh for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they're in Cincinnati for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday before they host the Mets on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. See, that would be a fun series to go to in Miami, to go to the Mets and the Marlins. You might get like Scherzer against Alcantara. Or, you know, imagine that that pitching matchup would just be absolutely incredible. Speaking of Sandy Alcantara, is he a lock for the National League Cy Young Award? Taking a look at the baseball futures market right now, he is the overwhelming favorite. And it's not heavily juiced. It's only minus 125. But by overwhelming favorite, it's compared to the next guy. Corbin Burns is plus 700. It's not like you have... Otani at plus 110, or, or, or Otani at, uh, what was Otani at last time I checked? It's not like you have Otani at even money and Aaron Judge plus 125. No. You have Alcantara at minus 125, Corbin Burns plus 700. Joe Musgrove, 14 to 1. Max Fried, 16 to 1. You know, I was thinking about Max Scherzer, 39 to 1. Carlos Rodon is a name that people are talking about as well. He's 19 to 1 to win the National League Cy Young Award. If you look at Rodon's numbers this year, just on the surface, it doesn't look like he would be a Cy Young really uh, a Cy Young candidate. But if you actually break it down, he's been really dominant if you if you really take a look at it. So in his last, let's call it 3 Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine starts. 
So it's starting in June, right? The same criteria that we give for Dylan Cease. Let's give the argument for Carlos Rodon. In his last nine starts, he has allowed a total of 11 earned runs. Only one home run allowed, though. He's allowed only one home run in his last 55 innings pitched. It's pretty good. And in those 55 innings, he's allowed 11 earned runs, and he has struck out a total of 67 batters in those 55 innings. He's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. Um, ERA got skewed a little bit by the four-run outing against Arizona on July 4th. But prior to that, this was a guy who was at like 2.62. He's at 2.66 now, but he was probably on the verge of being in the 2.5s, 2.4 range before, you know, if that start was just a normal start for him. Rodon's an interesting case. Ultimately, I don't believe it. I, I don't think he's going to win it over a guy like Sandy Alcantara or even a Corbin Burns. Scherzer, I think, is the guy that's interesting because he could be pitching in some high leverage games down the stretch. And if he just dominates, well, you're looking at a guy who really could put himself into the conversation. He's already got the name recognition. Um, Max Scherzer, since coming off of the um, IL, has returned for the Mets. He struck out 11 in his first start back which was six innings, zero runs. He strikes out nine in his next start, which was seven innings of only one run ball. And then he strikes out 11 in his third start of six and a third innings, two earned runs. So since he has returned from his injury, 19 and a third innings pitched, just three runs and 31 strikeouts in 19 innings. And Max Scherzer puts together numbers like that for the rest of the season, he ain't going to be 39 to 1 much longer. So, an interesting case to be made for Max Scherzer. But uh, speaking of Carlos Rodon, he is pitching here on Thursday night against the Dodgers. Mitch White will get the start for LA. Last time we saw Mitch White, he got roughed up by the St. Louis Cardinals. Six runs on 10 hits. In five innings of work, he allowed two home runs to the Cardinals. Uh, they had a big third inning. They had a, they scored runs in the third. Uh, excuse me, second inning. They scored runs in the second, third, and fourth innings. And this was a game where it was uh, five nothing, or no, it was six nothing. And then the Dodgers came all the way back, and then um, you know wound up being a seven six. Final there with the Cardinals getting the win over Mitch White. But prior to that start, uh, Mitch White had been you know pretty solid for the Dodgers. Still, I don't necessarily agree with this line. The better pitcher is Carlos Rodon, and I know that the Dodgers lineup is tough, but the Dodgers lineup just featured a couple of guys who played in the All Star game, who, who you know were were featured this weekend, and there could be some All Star fatigue. They were the host team, probably had to be involved in a lot of the uh, festivities there in uh, Los Angeles as the host team. So uh, maybe this is a fade of the Dodgers, and maybe it's just backing Rodon, but you're going to get plus money on Rodon, who um, is looking to you know, prove himself here 
against a big-time opponent. Last time he faced the Dodgers, six innings of shutout baseball. He only allowed two hits. The time before that, uh, six innings of two-run ball. He allowed three hits. So in 12 innings against the Dodgers this year, Carlos Rodon has allowed just two runs on five hits. It's pretty good numbers against this team. Yet currently, you're looking at the market right now, and you can get the Giants at plus 130. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Backing Rodon and the Giants against the Dodgers here on Thursday. Uh, We didn't talk about the other game, uh, Rangers and Marlins. John Gray, Pablo Lopez. I know I talked about maybe liking the under in this one, but Miami is a small favorite at minus 120. For Pablo Lopez, uh, he's been, you know, really solid uh, in the month of July. Uh, In his last three starts, He's gone uh, six and a third, five innings, and five innings, allowing just uh, two earned runs against Washington, one earned run against the Mets, one earned run against the Pirates. He had a rough outing against St. Louis, also had a rough outing against the Mets in June. But overall, some pr- excuse me, some pretty decent numbers for Pablo Lopez. I think he could keep the Rangers' bats off bay. And for John Gray, he's a guy who... Um, it's really, it's it's interesting for John Gray. There are certain times you watch him and you're like, this dude has such great stuff and he could be really dominant. And then other times you watch him get roughed up and you're like, I, I don't get it. Like, is he just, just leaving pitches over the plate? He's getting hit really easily and well, what's the what gives? And yeah, he dominates a team like Oakland, but who cares? It's Oakland, right? They stink. But when he goes out there against the Mets... And he allows three runs, but, you know, the three runs come in the bottom of the fourth inning where you're like, you know what, he's, he's mowing them down the first couple of times through the lineup, and then you face him a third time, and you get to him. And that's been the MO for, for, Car- for John Gray. First time faced, uh, it's really, well, I guess, yeah, I guess the first time is actually the time that people get to him here uh, this season. He's allowed four home runs to the first time through the lineup, four home runs the second time through the lineup. Actually has a pretty good opponent's batting average third time through the lineup. But it hasn't been much. He doesn't go deep into games. In fact, he has never faced a batter this season for the fourth time. John Gray's, and he even went seven innings a couple of times this season, but he's never faced a batter four times this year. That's really interesting stuff. Um, I would back the Marlins, small price. You know, got to see what their lineup looks like, but I'd probably go with the Marlins here in this one. Um, and you know what? I think I like the Giants at plus money against the Dodgers. I like the Astros against the Yankees in the double dip, and I'd probably go Tigers game one and A's game two just because I want to bank, I want to bank, I want to back Frankie Montas, who might be making his final start for the A's as he auditions for teams that are looking to trade for a pitcher here at the deadline. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I am now gone for the remainder of July. I will talk to you in a little over a week once we get into August right here on The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.